0: Monday Bengals fans, it's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Hope you are all doing well. Enjoying, once again, we get to talk about a win. I can't even believe it. We get to talk about a win for the second week in a row and man, that was a fun one yesterday, even though uh, though Houston's not the greatest team, it was a fun one to watch. A lot of over a thousand yards of offense, gosh, almost uh, 70 points scored you got to, if you like offensive output you had to like what you what you were watching and then of course it came down to the wire with the old multiple hook and ladder play by Houston that uh, kind of came a little scare scary close but didn't end up coming to fruition for them to get the win again I'm Anthony Cazenza. good to good to be with all of you on this monday Happy holidays to you. Hopefully you had a good holiday last week and maybe the couple of weeks prior, If you, whatever you may be celebrating, and hopefully a good New Year's ahead. I know we are all, all looking forward to 21. <laughs> I think we're all ready for, for the year to change for a number of different reasons. But good to have all of you with us. This is the Water Cooler Chat, formerly known as the NFL Bengals News Jump, because we like to say that this is kind of a huddle around the water cooler Talk about some NFL Bengals AFC North headlines and we'll get you through that. So I will run you through a lot of different headlines throughout the league, mostly with the Cincinnati Bengals, but throughout the league so that you are the smartest person in the office or your zoom chats or however you may be conversing with people these days and, uh, we'll, we'll get going. Matthew, hi from France. Matthew, good to, good to see you, man. Uh, that's awesome that you're joining us from France, man. Hopefully you are well over there. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of questions. This isn't listener questions live, but I guess I can answer a couple of these. Mr. Whisper asks, how is Margus Hunt doing uh, in your opinion? So I'm driving through a lot of double teams, not to mention the fumble recovery. Go check out John Sheeran's weekly lineman video on our YouTube channel. It's also up on cincyjungle.com. He did a nice piece of Hunt and Mike Daniels and what they were doing Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I have been impressed. When, when quite honestly, I kind of chuckled when the Bengals signed Marcus Hunt because I'm kind of like, well, I guess that's what's left out there at this point. It's the devil they know, and they just seem to prefer players that they know. They have found a role for Marcus Hunt. We're going to talk about snap counts in just a little bit too, so we'll um, we'll go over that. But I mean, you got to like what you've seen from from Margus Hunt just in this uh, new role. He's kind of more of an interior defensive lineman. He's not really playing so much off the edge and he's doing a little bit of that, but he's doing a lot of stuff inside. Um, And he had the, he had the fumble recovery yesterday. He had a batted pass against the Steelers and he's had a couple tackles for loss uh, in recent weeks. So, you know, he's been, he's been pretty impressive overall. So, uh, you know, you got to, I, I mean, for a guy coming off the street and giving you what he's able to give you, you got to like what Marcus Hunt has, has been giving the Cincinnati Bengals to this point. Kevin Huday from Texas. Good to, good to see you, Kevin. Um, you know, I'm seeing <laughs> David Adcock says, Taylor screwed up by winning this late. We got screwed out of pick three. We're going to talk about the draft order, maybe some options there. I see a question here. Aaron Razy asked, "Do we get the best player available if Sewell is gone? Absolutely. I've said this a bunch of times on our podcast. I said it yesterday on the post game show. The Bengals use free agency to fill their needs. That's what they like to use free agency for. Sure, they get a couple of fun players in there. You know, you can kind of consider Von Bell kind of one of those, I guess, luxury gets. Uh, but he's kind of been a critical critical part for what the Bengals have done on on defense, especially of late. But." The Bengals use free agency for their needs, and they try and attack the draft as best player available. Now, these past few years, their hand has been forced in a number of different ways because their team hasn't been very good. They've had coaching issues, et cetera. So they've needed to grab, and they haven't been active in free agency uh, with the exception of last season, right? Right. Um, they've they've kind of opted more for their internal internal guys and maybe a couple of guys here and there, not really making big splashes with. Obviously, the 2020 offseason being a major exception, but so that has forced their hands into making picks like a Billy Price, where you, they're they're pigeonholed into taking a certain position, and uh, they don't really like to be in that type of state when they go into the draft. So um, I I do still think, especially with their grabbing the quarterback last year, grabbing a wide receiver at the top of round two last year, I I do think they're going to try and still go best player available, but there's going to be a lot of needs on this team, guys. There's going to be a lot of needs on this team, offensive line, defensive line. I mean, you can say edge rusher, they need edge help. They need defensive, uh, interior defensive line help. They need that. I mean, Mike Daniels, who's been a great acquisition for this team, he's set to be a free agent. Geno Atkins probably won't be back, which is sad to say. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Marcus Hunt. I think he's on a rental deal as well. So, you know, Tupo didn't play this year. So you've got, you've got a lot of issues on both lines of the Cincinnati Bengals. You've got four impending free agents at the wide receiver position, A.J. Green, John Ross, Alex Erickson, and Mike Thomas. So there's issues there. Um, And so that, you know, there are a lot of still a lot of needs and they got to do some work, but let's get to some headlines. I'm trying to answer some of your questions. We will have a listener questions live episode uh, coming up soon too. So you can always submit those. We try and get to as many as we can, but I want to get you updated on some of the headlines going around the NFL with the Cincinnati Bengals and around the rest of the AFC North. So let's get to it. I'm going to start sharing some of these stories via video on my screen here so hopefully you can see that and uh, we'll we'll go from there so let's let's talk about the Bengals and draft order coming into the weekend the Cincinnati Bengals sat at number 3 overall in the in next spring's draft this is on cincyjungle.com by the way so you're you're able to go on on and see this um, it's also, you know, you can find the draft order in a lot of different websites as well. But I thought I'd pull up CincyJungle.coms. Uh, so when you look at when you look at uh, where the Bengals sit now, they are at number five. As we took the air yesterday afternoon after the game, I said they were they were probably sitting at six. Some things kind of sorted themselves out throughout the rest of the weekend. And then, of course, now you've got the Cincinnati Bengals still in the top five, sitting at number five overall with the 410 and one record. Eerily similar to the Philadelphia Eagles, who they tied with 410 and one, numbers five and six there. So uh, Philadelphia has the tiebreaker, but Bengals currently sit at number five. There is a remote possibility they can still get Panay Sewell by sitting at that spot. But like I said, it's uh, chances are pretty slim. By the time, if you have a premier tackle, as Panay appears to be, if you have a premier tackle in the draft, usually by pick five, those guys are gone. Now there are, you know, probably three quarterbacks that will go within the top five. Zach Wilson of BYU, Justin Fields of Ohio State, and of course, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. It's just a matter of what some of these teams in front of the Bengals will do. Is, is Atlanta in the quarterback market with Matt Ryan starting to wind down his career? We know Miami's not Um, but may, might they go and get an offensive lineman there? Um, You know, you can see there, they've got Houston's picks. Miami has set themselves up very nicely. You know, they're in the playoff hunt now, and they've got a lot of high picks still next year. So they have armed themselves well. Uh, So the Cincinnati Bengals sit at number five. There are a lot of options that the Bengals could look at. There was some talk of wide receiver. We talked a little bit about Jamar Chase On the post-game show yesterday, that makes some sense based on Joe Burrow playing with Chase in in 2019. However, like Sewell, Jamar Chase didn't, didn't play this year. So, you know, if you have some hesitation about Sewell not playing this year, it would be only fair, I would think, that you have that same hesitation, whatever that may be. With Jamar Chase, you've got the two Alabama wide receivers, Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. Waddle uh, had the injury, I believe, to his ankle, so you know that's something to to monitor there. But um, you know, uh, there's a lot of different op- uh, options for the Bengals, and one also being Kyle Pitts is being talked about quite a bit now. The t- the exciting tight end out of Florida. Um, hey, you know, I, I I know that seems high for that position, and the Bengals haven't usually picked. Tight ends that high, nor have they traditionally used them in the way that they should be used. But if you can get a guy that's a Travis Kelsey, a, a Tyler Eifert, a you know some sort of weapon like that, especially with the slew of pass catchers leaving at the wide receiver position, maybe this is an immediate fix that uh, you know creates a lot of mismatches and a lot of matchup nightmares for for other teams. If you have a pits in there, and and you know you can you can kind of line things up that way. Again, what the Bengals do at five, whether it's move up, move back, probably not move up, but what the Bengals do with their picks is going to be predicated upon what they do and the needs that they fill in free agency. So that's something you know we can say. Tight ends totally off the board. Well, if they get an uh, you know an interior offensive lineman, maybe a tackle in free agency, maybe they make some some moves that way. All of a sudden, offensive line maybe doesn't become as pressing of a need as it currently sits right now. Um, maybe they add an edge rusher that they've been trying to bring in, um, you know, over the past couple of seasons. If you remember when Zach Taylor first came in here, they kind of had a deal in place with, with Shaq Barrett. And, uh, you know, obviously Shaq Barrett's been a great addition to Tampa Bay. They kind of had a deal in place. They pulled the deal because they thought Barrett wasn't healthy. Obviously that didn't, you know <laughs> that wasn't the case and Barrett ended up having an outstanding year last year and you know their their pass rush in Tampa is very good so at any rate that's where we sit right now you can see the top the rest of the top 10 you've got uh the jets i believe at 2 um and then Jacksonville at 1 then you've got Miami Atlanta Cincinnati Philadelphia Detroit New York Giants the Panthers and the Broncos rounding out the top 10 Uh, and a lot of those teams. I mean, look again, when, when you talk about those top three quarterbacks, what are the jets going to do? How committed are they to Sam Darnold? Jacksonville is probably in the market for one of them. You would think Um, Philly is not, they're trying to, to make it work with Jalen hurts now and who knows what they'll do with Carson Wentz, the lions, Matt Stafford's kind of in the same boat as Matt Ryan, right? So, uh, you know, are they looking at a quarterback of the future? Giants, they just drafted one uh, in Danny Dimes a couple of years ago. Panthers, who knows what they, how committed they are to Teddy Bridgewater. I think they really like him, but a 5-10 and 10 record right now, that's not getting it done. And Denver really was in love with Drew Locke last year with the four-game tear he went on to end the year. But all of a sudden this year, he hasn't been the same guy in their five and 10 as well. So a lot of different things can happen. A lot of teams can move, maybe leapfrog the Bengals. Even Um, the Bengals don't traditionally move up in the draft. So they're going to need to figure out something else. um, If they're unwilling to move up to get Sewell and make a move. But I know that's on the top of everybody's minds here. As we start the week, let's, go to I think this is snap counts is where we will go next. Um hey, some, there there's kind of qu- quietly a little storyline emerging with the Bengals running back situation. Joe Mixon signed the big contract and and he deserved it. Uh you know, I know a lot of people don't like paying the running backs the big deal, but he he had been one of the top running backs in the league and he is getting paid as such, but he has not played in many games this year. And the ones he did play in, they were not impressive. Um, So, you know, maybe uh, you'd like to think that things will rebound well for him next year, but Hey, I mean, Gio, Gio Bernard and, and P. Ryan have really, really played well the past couple of weeks. And that's, um, that's something to kind of monitor here. And, both of those guys combined for, I, I believe it was 100 yards uh, rushing and 100 yards receiving. Um, you know, by both of them, and uh, in yesterday's game, so something to monitor. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying anything's going to happen per se, but quietly, there's a little there's a little storyline um, that that you can dig for there. Trey Hopkins played all snaps again. No BJ Finney. Uh, you know, I don't I don't really understand. Why they're not giving him a shot, at least a look? After you traded for him, uh, Billy Price again didn't nothing. Mackenzie Alexander getting ninety eight percent of the snaps. Uh, great game by Mackenzie Alexander. Got kind of screwed by the league in terms of getting fined for a taunting penalty against the Steelers, um, but played well against the Steelers. Has, has been a really good addition. This is a guy I'd like. I'd really like to see the Bengals hang on to. Uh, in terms of uh, getting a slot corner, uh, played very well. LaShawn Sims pressed into more action because William Jackson left the game. You can see Jackson only played 18 snaps and and LaShawn Sims struggled. Um, LaShawn Sims is a guy, you know, you like to keep him around as your number four, number five. It's the BW web effect. I said this yesterday. Number four, number five corner who get, comes in for spot action and, and covers, you know, a wide receiver that's lowered down on the other team's depth chart. You like that. As the starting boundary corner, that's not a good situation for, for anybody there. And, uh, unfortunately LaShawn Sims struggled quite a bit yesterday and that was a little bit of, uh, it's kind of been a theme for the year. So came in 34 snaps pressed into more action because of William Jackson's injury. Darius Phillips played all defensive snaps, 52. You see Khalid Kareem still getting barely double digit, uh, snaps there. Sam Hubbard, has really, really played well. John Sheeran on our last week's show noted that Sam Hubbard has really had a, a really good PFF score since his return from, from low injury. And um, man, I mean, he he had basically the defensive play of the game. The defense wasn't doing much of anything. They weren't forcing turnovers. They weren't getting to the quarterback. Deshaun Watson was having his way, but Sam Hubbard came up with the big strip sack fumble um, at, at the end there. And it went into Marcus Hunt's uh, Margus Hunt's loving arms, and by the way, what a segue that is! Thirty-two snaps by Margus Hunt, so sixty-two percent. He's rotating in there a lot, folks, and he's you know he's listed as a DE, but he's playing inside quite a bit, playing inside quite a bit, and he's doing some things. So you gotta you gotta like that. Quiet day from Carl Lawson after just an insane game against the Steelers. uh Did play seventy-nine percent of the stat snaps. Monty Bledsoe thirty-seven percent of the snaps. Mike Daniels. A uh, little bit, little bit different look this week. They went a little lighter uh, with his workload there, only forty percent, and so a quieter output. But he had a really nice game against the Steelers. So um, you know, go check out some of the film that we've got on that. Xavier Williams, same deal, thirty-five percent of the snaps, just eighteen snaps. Christian Covington. So they just kind of worked those guys around a little bit here and there, played them sparingly along with mixing in Hunt on, at, at both edge and on the inside, so they've kind of got a little four-man rotation they're trying to do inside there, and then Kareem kind of doing a little bit of both, too. Logan Wilson didn't didn't play. Jermaine Pratt had a nice tackle for loss, played 75% of the snaps. Bynes, kind of a quiet day, but 77, uh, 77% of the snaps. No No snaps from Jordan Evans, Rough day for Marcus Bailey, uh, gave up a, uh, gave up a touchdown in coverage and um, was, was flagged for a penalty on a good Brandon Wilson, a quality Brandon Wilson kickoff return. And, um, I, you know, I, I shared a tweet that he had put out saying, you know, I'm going to get better. And you, you got to like the attitude from that guy. We were very impressed when we interviewed him in the summer. We really liked the guy. I th- I still think the future is really bright for him. And uh, just uh, really, I think he's got to get a little, little more snaps. I think this is a guy, you know, he had some injuries throughout his college career. He's a guy that next year, hopefully there is a full preseason. Things kind of start to normalize and he could take advantage of that. Davis Gaither only 13 snaps, so he didn't really get much action either. So the three linebackers the Bengals drafted, Davis Gaither, Marcus Bailey, and Logan Wilson just did not have much of an impact on, on this game this week. Uh, here's the, and we'll get to this. in uh, in terms of some PFF scores on the offensive line here, here's all the snap counts across the offensive line. So you got some, got some continuity there. Uh, Quentin Spain seventy, uh, you know, hundred percent. Xavier Suofilo, hundred percent. Interesting stats on him. We'll get to in a second. Fred Johnson one hundred percent. Bobby Hart ninety five percent of the snaps there. And then Adena GUC had a, had a few snaps, seven percent of the snaps there. Brandon Allen obviously great great day by Brandon Allen. I think he had a 91 PFF score. I, I think he had a higher PFF score than Joe Burrow had had in any game last year. I believe that's what I had, or this year rather, I believe that's what I had read based on his performance in Houston this week. Very, very good game from him. Samashe P Pirine making the most of 20, you know, only 38% of the snaps, but a great game by him. Really, you know, doing work in the passing game and as uh, as a runner. Same with Gio Bernard, a nice split there. And both those guys were key to the wins, to the win, rather. Um, and, and last week, I guess I should say plural. Both those guys did some work, um, some great work the last couple of weeks. And it's no coincidence that when the Bengals can run the ball and at least use these guys in the passing game, you know, it's no coincidence they're putting up wins. I know we like to throw the ball around. I know we like the stats. Um, and, and Joe Burrow, we, we trust him with the football when he's in there. But, uh, you know, you, you got to have some semblance of balance. I think I think most fans realize that. And, um, you know, the fact that the Bengals have been able to run the football the past couple of weeks and utilize these guys in screens and other nice little dump-off passes for chunk yardage, that's that's been a big part as to why they've been able to win the games. Uh, again, Sean Williams, not much on on defense there, 10%, uh, just not getting out there on the field. Von Bell, 100%, Jesse Bates, 100%, um, and then you, you kind of see the rest there. Drew Sample, 66 snaps on offense, um, so that's, that's kind of interesting there, and then Alex Erickson getting a big, big jump. Good day from him, too. Caught all passes that were thrown his way. Uh, big jump in. Uh, snap count and production, et cetera, because of Tyler Boyd's injury, his concussion um, actually took more snaps than AJ green, Alex Erickson did, if you can believe that one. So go figure that one out. T Higgins had more 64 and a great day from him. He did have a drop. Uh, he and green both had a drop in the game, but Higgins had a couple of just highlight real catches. So interesting stuff. And then Trent and Irwin there, got his first couple of snaps as a uh, for the Bengals at wide receiver.
1: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
0: I'm Anthony Cazenza with cincyjungle.com. Going to try and get through a few more of these coming up here. We've got more to get to, but happy to have you with us on the water cooler chat. Going to run through some more headlines and, um, you know, we'll get, we'll get to that. Good stuff by Steve Haugen here. Fans realize the importance of balance. Does the coach, it was almost out of necessity and now they're winning games should have been more balanced from day one. I agree. And I, you know, I don't, uh, by the way, I'll, 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 click that up there for you, Steve. That was a good, that was a good, uh, comment on Facebook. I agree. Um, and I don't really know what the idea was, you know, I don't know if they were trying to, you know, use the pass to set up the run with Joe Burrow, so to speak. Uh, I don't know if they just felt that, you know, a Joe Burrow offense was just more I don't know, efficient with him throwing the ball that many times. But uh, you know, I think I think you know the the balance is key. And you know, it's very interesting to me that the Bengals have mightily struggled over the past three seasons, two of which with Taylor, one of which with Lewis. A lot of injuries, all that kind of stuff, and it's forced them to run the football late in in the season. So, you know, same with the weather and all that stuff that comes with November and December football. And somehow, you know, Joe Mixon in 2018 and 2019 had, you know, was basically the best running back in football those two seasons in the last half of the season. And then this year, the Bengals are running the ball really well in the last few games. It's just—it's puzzling to me. I don't—I don't really understand it. And you know, it's like you said, like Steve said there. It's almost like they've committed to it out of necessity, and lo and behold, it works, <laughs> or it's working now. So, uh, you know, they—they they need to—they need to find some consistency, and they need to do it earlier in the season. I did—I do think they committed to mixing and feeding him the ball in certain games early on, but it just wasn't working. And you know, maybe the addition of Spain. Suafilo, and this is a good this is a good segue here. Suafilo coming in and playing well yesterday. This is uh, relayed from our good friend on Twitter. The Bengals captain. Uh, look at the look at the pass blocking grades. Xavier Suafilo, great day pass blockings. Uh, Bobby Hart, decent. Um, you know, going up against JJ Watt and company throughout the the afternoon. Quentin Spain, not so great uh, in terms of pass blocking. Um, you know a little disappointing by Trey Hopkins as well I saw some struggles from him but Xavier Suofilo, you know doing doing well past blocking and maybe something like that is why um it may it, you know may, may, that maybe those guys and just bringing some veteran continuity is is helping things and hel- allowing them to run the ball a bit better this uh these past few games who knows going to do a little Shameless self-promotion here to relay some news. This is me. And uh, given given the time of the year, doing a little Cousin Eddie GIF there. Uh, t- uh, basically, Brandon Allen is now nominated this week for a, the FedEx Air Player of the Week, along with, if you can believe it, Andy Dalton with the Cowboys. He had a great game. I think he had three touchdowns and 300-plus yards. And Tom Brady with the Buccaneers. And, of course, I had to just be smart alecky about it. Uh, 2020 year, we're current Bengals backup quarterback Brandon Allen and former Cincinnati quarterback Andy Dalton now with the Cowboys. Both get nominated for FedEx Air Player of the Week alongside Tom Brady, who's with the Buccaneers. Just 2020 on brand. So Brandon Allen is nominated for the FedEx Air Player of the Week. So go vote for him where you can. That's a a pretty cool deal. 371 yards from him. Just an outstanding day. Really just one kind of bad throw where he missed, uh, you know, I think it was Trent Irwin in the end zone and the rest of it was just great. It was just a great, great day by Brandon Allen. And, you know, I, he had been playing better. I think we could say, you know, we were comfortable in saying, you know, this was going to be probably his best game of the season going forward to finish out the year. But I don't think anybody thought that this was going to be the case. So uh, kudos to Brandon Allen. Go vote for him for FedEx Air Player of the Week. Just a couple of quick quotes. I played one on the post-game show. I played the audio of it. Zach Taylor, this is on bangles.com. couple of questions here. Um, and you can read this on bangles.com. Transcript of the post-game presser. Can you talk about the second half performance by Brandon Allen on the offense? He had a career high passing yards, and you guys scored on every single possession in the second half. Quote, tremendous, you know. And that was Brandon Allen. Brandon was throwing with a ton of anticipation. He was doing a great job seeing the coverages, taking his checkdowns when when he had to. Really impressed by how he played. Really impressed with the guys around him too. The linemen. I can't remember other than the last play of the game, him taking a hit when he kept the the uh, when he kept the ball on that keeper. I just thought a really nice job by those guys up front keeping him clean. The run game wasn't always pretty, but those guys did a good job finding some holes and getting that game going for us. And then, of course, you go down here for all of you. Uh, for I believe this was from Ben Baby of ESPN. For you all to win this type of game, you had to come back there in the fourth quarter with the backup quarterback for the first road win since 2018. Not just since 2018, since like the first month of 2018. So it's been a long time since the Cincinnati Bengals have won on the road. What does it say that you were all able to win this type of game? Just just tells you everything you have to know about the character and resolve of this football team. Like I told them, we practiced in 10 degree weather on Christmas Day to come down and play a game in Houston. Not one guy, I didn't hear one guy complain about it. They all knew we had to get some work done before we had to come play this game. Just couldn't be prouder of the work they put in here in week 16. We're out of the playoff hunt. It's easy for guys to check out right now and we haven't had a single player do it just proud to coach these guys. And that's kind of the theme now um, of why Zach Taylor should be sticking around or will be sticking around for 21. That is probably why we're going to see him as the Bengals head coach next year. Who knows what happens at the assistant ranks, but that's the the not quitting on the coach, not quitting on the team and these quote-unquote effort wins against Pittsburgh on primetime. And – in Houston beating Deshaun Watson on his home turf. Those are all, those are wins that, you know, Mike Brown notices in a season that is lost, believe it or not. So let's, there is an article up here on cincyjungle.com. If you haven't had a chance to read it, please do. It is Zach Taylor leaves no doubt that his job is safe. Um, and this is kind of interesting. Again, some quotes here. Um, I would recommend you kind of read this here. It was basically just kind of talking about the the fact that guys on this team aren't uh, aren't quitting. And you see the quote to end it here: "These guys deserve it. I see it every day. We knew that moments like this were coming. We just have to continue to build off of it." So. You know, uh, it's, it would be – it seems like a foregone conclusion that Zach Taylor will be the head coach of the Bengals next year. I mean, crazier things have happened, especially when you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. But, um, you know, yeah, it seems as if he will be the head coach, just a matter of what happens at the assistant ranks. You know, the defense has been playing okay. The past few weeks did not play well yesterday against Houston. But, you know, if Mike Zimmer becomes available – It gets let go by the Vikings, is he the guy that comes in and becomes the defensive coordinator of this team and kind of maybe keeps the seat hot for Zach Taylor and approve it year three? I don't know, but that's something to think about. We've got a – let's see what else we've got here. Bengals open as double-digit home underdogs against the Ravens. So, they are underdogs this week that can be found on uh, allbangles.com. I'm just going to share this as well. Cincyjungle.com. there is a uh, a kind of a news news link page. We do this daily. We try to do it daily. So, check it out. You can see there's all kinds of stuff some of which I've already gone through here. Um, you know, Bengals News 1228 and there's Mr. Kyle Pitts there, the tight end out of Florida. So uh, some chatter about him. Go check that out for a lot of other different uh, news articles that we just maybe don't have time to cover this week. Let's go a little bit around the league here. The Cincinnati Bengals uh, have have secured, at least as of now, the number five overall pick. But some other teams are in completely different <laughs> modes of their season and here are some clinching scenarios courtesy of nfl.com in case you want to know what teams are in what they need to do etc the bills have clinched the afc east title which is crazy to say that usually that's just new england's title every year hey, uh, the kansas city chiefs they got the afc west and the first round by squeaked by the atlanta falcons to get that one Pittsburgh Steelers won the AFC North yesterday with a crazy comeback win against the Indianapolis Colts. So they are in. And then you've got uh, Baltimore, who has clinched based on even though, I'm sorry, they, they will clinch. Um, and they, you know, they're 10 and 5. They play the Bengals this week. And then they either, they win or they need a lot of teams to, they win or tie uh, when they're in. Loss, loss, you know, Cleveland loss, Indy loss, all that kind of stuff. And now remember, there are seven teams in each bracket this year, not six. So there's, you know, there's room for more there. Uh, You've got the Cleveland Browns also at 10 and five. Um, They need to win and they play Pittsburgh uh, at home. Interesting to know. I I don't know exactly what Pittsburgh's game plan is going to be this week. Are they going to rest some guys since they've clinched? Um, Are they going to kind of try and, you know, tune things up since they've had a rough past month of football, basically. Um, Are they going to try and tune things up against the Browns? Who knows? But uh, these are the scenarios for Cleveland. You've got the Colts who are also 10 and five, kind of a similar thing. They got to win and then they need help. Uh, So the Colts are 10 and five. So there's going to be some teams with decent records in the AFC that won't uh, make it Miami still on the hunt at 10 and five, Tennessee. Is in is in the hunt at ten and five. Um, So a lot of ten and five teams. There's going to be ten and six folks with a ten and six record that'll be sitting at home, and uh, (laughs) that that's not overly common. The NFC, you've got uh, Green Bay has clinched. New Orleans has clinched the division. Seahawks have clinched since they beat the Rams yesterday. Tampa has clinched a playoff berth, not the division because the saints have done that. Uh, Cardinals still alive at eight and seven. They play the Rams Rams. Now Jared Goff hurt his thumb. So that's going to be interesting. Chicago bears and uh, they play green Bay. They are eight and seven and they, they can, they can win and they're in. Look at this one that Dallas can clinch the NFC East title at seven and nine with, with Andy Dalton as their quarterback. And then you've got the giants at five and 10 green Bay, uh, Playing Chicago, Green Bay clinches the first round by if they win. Rams they clinch a playoff berth if they win if they beat Arizona. Pretty competitive a- uh, NFC West division, and then you've got more going on here. Um, kind of first round by clinching. Here's the other one with the, the division: Washington football team at six and nine can clinch the title with a win against Philadelphia. So someone's going to be seven and nine and clinching the NFC East. <laughs> Crazy. Speaking of the NFC East, we're going to round out with just a couple quick headlines here before we bounce on out of here. Washington on Monday has released Dwayne Haskins after two seasons. A lot of chatter about what's going on with Dwayne Haskins. He has struggled on the field. There was some, I guess, video of him at a gentleman's club or something. I don't know. That surfaced on social media uh, a week or so ago. He's been in and out of the starting lineup. They tried to give him some some more time and it just, you know, it hasn't worked for him. So now they are releasing, they've released him. And he is a first round pick just a couple of years ago and he is gone. Yeah, here we go. After picture surfaced of him maskless at a private party with his girlfriend. Um, I, you know, I, I, Maybe it wasn't at a gentleman's club. I thought that's what I had heard. I don't know. Um, but there was something something weird there. I don't know what happened there. So I don't want to misspeak, I guess. But um, the, just a, a very, very odd situation with Dwayne Haskins and his team. So uh, I mentioned this one to the... I mentioned the NFC West being pretty competitive here. Kyler Murray's dinged up. So you've got two dinged up quarterbacks going in that last game. Uh, Kyler Murray with the injured leg. And, of course, I said Jared Goff had the injured thumb for the Rams. So they think he's he's going to play there. Look, the Cardinals kind of they, – they started off hot, then they fell apart, then they've kind of been hit and miss to, to finish the year here. But I think there is a blueprint there – for the Cincinnati Bengals, in terms of what you know, what they kind of want maybe year two to look like, where you're in this playoff hunt, you're you're you've got a chance to be above 500. You're in the playoff hunt, and um, you know, obviously, number one overall pick. They struggled last year with even with Murray in there and providing some excitement. You know, I, I think the blueprint here, obviously, a little bit different also with Burrow being injured, but the blueprint in terms of what you want this next this year two. Under Joe Burrow to look like is kind of what you maybe want to look at with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but anyway, both of those guys are hurt going into this week. And then there was this is courtesy of profootballtalk.com. The MVP race is currently favored by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he is having an outstanding season right now, um, as is. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson's in the in the mix. So, um, you know, there, there are a couple of other guys in there. But, uh, you know, if you look at, I guess, points bet a certain website there, they're relaying that Aaron Rodgers currently has a leg up in terms of odds on getting the MVP in the league. That's going to do it for us, guys. Went a little longer here, but uh, this has been the Water Cooler Chat, getting you updated on all of the headlines about the Cincinnati Bengals, about the AFC North, and around the NFL, so you sound like the smartest person in your office, whether you're meeting people in person and talking some football or you're doing Zoom chats, whatever the case may be, and you're talking some football, you can be the most educated football fan and Bengals fan that you can be, and you can take credit for all the stuff I shared with you today. I won't mind. Go ahead. It's good. I'm Anthony Cazenza with cincyjungle.com and the orange and black insider. Thanks for tuning in. If you tuned, if you joined us live, thanks for tuning in uh, after the fact, if you are more of the audio file and like to listen to a, to our show through podcast streamers and uh, yeah. Hey, if we don't talk to you, have a good new year, safe, happy, healthy, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you soon with all of the other stuff we're bringing you this week. Enjoy your Monday. Hopefully we got your week started off right. We'll see you soon.